friends. This is Meg Ravis, and you're listening to the One Step Closer podcast. My guest today has been an inspiration to me personally, and I'm really grateful to call her friend. Today joining us is Donna Gassett. Hi, Meg. Hi, Donna. And <laughs> we're not alone here in this room. Of course, we have our trusty engineer recording all of the sound for you, Spencer Eller, worship leader of our Port Clinton yes. campus. Hey. The rose between two thorns. Mm. Oh, that's the first time <laughs> that has ever been said. I am positive that's true. <laughs> well, Spencer may uh, chime in a little more on this episode because Spencer and I have both been on the receiving end of a lot of your wisdom, Donna, and are grateful for the experience that you've had holding the same role that we have here at the church today. But you kind of started things out when when the chapel first began and. Uh, we're just grateful for the legacy that you've left, and we hope that uh, we can continue on and, and mm. make you proud in that. Mm. It's been an honor just to see what God is doing here through you, continuing to do. Thank you. Well, we spoke a little bit, and our listeners hopefully know by now that this podcast has a standard framework where we like to ask three questions. We like to ask about your history. We like to ask about a hurdle that you may have faced in life. And we like to ask about what's on the horizon or even what are you hoping is on the horizon? What is it that you're looking forward to? Um, And even as I thought about this particular conversation, talking to you, some of the things that I love about you, of course, is uh, your your experience in music and especially with worship leading, but also this concept of a breath prayer. That was Mm. something that I learned from you that really kind of changed the way I pray and put a name even to something that I didn't realize I was doing already. And so my hope for this podcast is that as we're discussing these three sections of life, uh, your history, a hurdle you face and and what's on the Mm. horizon you know, give us a glimpse, too, of how your breath prayer fits into each of those moments. Mm. So maybe we should even start out. Uh, some people may not know. What is a breath prayer? Mm. Well, I think uh, having grown up in the church and in a wonderful Christian environment where my parents were missionaries and I knew the gospel, um, I think just it has developed maybe more recently into a, just a deeper conversation with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that continues throughout a day and having this, those little connections throughout a day where you breathe his name or you breathe a truth into your soul, like your peace, Jesus, if you're full of anxiety, your peace, Jesus. In fact, I got a text today from somebody who is in a very difficult spot health-wise, really struggling. She's extremely sick. She started her post, her text to, to me, with a breath prayer that my mother taught me when she was dying with cancer. For this I have Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just for this I have Jesus. No matter what it is, to me, that's like Psalm. Why do many people go to Psalm 23? The f- very first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. Breathe in. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Breathe it in. 
I shall not want. And you just experience, I think one of the most life-changing little books for me was Brother Lawrence's Practice the Presence, where instead of, well, I go to church, you know, or I have my devotions in the morning, but what about the other 23 hours of the day? Mm-hmm. You don't walk away from him. He's there, and you're just kind of talking to him. Oh, absolutely. I remember, you know, earlier on in my walk with Jesus, and even just being taught from my parents growing up, mm. my concept of prayer at the start was, it always starts, dear Lord, and it always ends, amen. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just so structured. And there were even some that you would memorize, you know, you say before you go to bed, now I lay me down to mm-hmm. sleep, or before you eat a meal, you know, so many people have a standard prayer. And it's not that that's wrong, right? but I think what I learned to really love about prayer was, oh, it's it's this friendship. It's this walking hand in hand, side by side. It's this he's with me in this moment and, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have to be alone in this. I can just pick up this conversation with him right here in the midst of the struggle. And yeah. it doesn't have to be, Oh, heavenly father, <laughs> dear, you know, but it can just be, Lord, help me. Yeah. Or, Lord, I know you're with me or, Absolutely. or Lord, I, I feel you. Or That's why I've, I've told you guys that my, my little acronym for worship W-O-R-S-H-I-P, walking our road, savoring his intimate presence. Yes. And that's just what it is. And so I, I've, in the last years, read a lot about formational prayer or spiritual life, mm-hmm. where it goes to that deep place. And so they suggested this breath, praying, breathing, and choosing a little phrase. And so I chose, um, Jesus, you are here with me. Just Jesus. Because I think the presence of Christ, no matter what we're going through, can breathe peace to you. Absolutely. So those are the words I just say. And remember our friend Val going through, she, when she was in radiation for her (laughs) cancer, she said, I would pray that and emphasize the individual words, Jesus, you are here with me. And then Jesus, you are. And then she said, by the time <laughs> that was over, her, her um, anxiety. And well, and, yeah, and the, oh, oh, the, her, the yeah. treatment had ended. Yeah, see, yeah. You know, so kind of timed it just right. Oh, so she stayed so and go, I know, I know. I love her. That's awesome. Well, thank you for just that background and. I love uh, hearing just your breath pair, Jesus, you are here with me. Mm-hmm. Now, is there something from your history that really made that aspect of God's presence stand out to you, that the fact that he's accessible and that he's with you? Uh, when did you really start to feel like you knew God was with you? Mm. Yeah, because I, I mentioned that I've grown up knowing the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, my sister and I started singing when we were little, two and three. And then I remember as little girls being included in ministry where we go to you know, prisons and rescue missions and hospitals. And it was, it was good because my parents were not there to show us off, but to be involved. But, you know, when finally the gospel becomes personal, oh, my goodness. I mean, I... Uh, 
I remember when it came personal to me, my dad was preaching, and I, of course, I could probably have preached a sermon <laughs> I wrote. But that night, he was preaching about the death of Christ. And it registered, Donna, he did that for you. Mm. And that, for me, just changes everything. From it being facts to just a life-changing experience. And I started crying. Dad thought something was wrong with me. And I'll never forget what he did. He actually stopped preaching, took off his coat, came down to where I was, and thinking I was a bit overtired, he said, Donna, just lie down. Put his coat over me and then went back to finish preaching the sermon. But I heard about the love and grace of Jesus from a very gracious father And I think over the years, I think I maybe went into more just legalism going through the motions. But just cultivating that intimacy. Jesus, you are here with me, just has helped me try to bring him to the everyday life. And so, um, in fact, was was it in, I don't know, 2010 when I fell down the stairs and I ended up... Yeah, I remember. Remember that? And when I came back from the hospital... And I was kind of semi-conscious lying there. My discharge papers were there beside my couch. But that phrase kept going over and over in my mind. Jesus, you are here with me. So I grabbed a pen and I started writing that song. Jesus, you are here with me. That's awesome. When I wake in the morning on the wings of the dawn, you are here with me. You I lift up my voice in a worship song. You are here with me. You are here with me, here with me. Jesus, you are here with me. When I wake in the morning on the wings of the dawn, you are here. I just think that that phrase is life-giving. Because too many people, I think, are looking for their circumstances to change. And then I'll be fine. Then I can have a song. But to realize no matter what it is, Jesus is there with you makes all the difference. Absolutely. That kind of ties into the next question. I'm really interested to hear how you take a moment like a hurdle in your life and apply that same breath prayer. Jesus, you are here right now Mm -hmm. in this, in this moment of trial and struggle. You are Mm -hmm. here with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you share about an experience like that? Well, obviously uh, in this far along, (laughs) there have been some challenges. I mean, from the very get go, um, even with infertility, you know, mm-hmm. we, I come from a large family, and you think, oh, you're going to have lots of kids. And that was not happening. We had one, and we were blessed with one. And uh, I remember just kneeling, and it's like the Word of God is so powerful. Because the, the Word that came to me was, no good thing with he will hold. From those who are walking up, running. No good thing. So 
if he's upholding, withholding this, I just remember it came, I came to a point of surrender, mm. knowing he was good and he was loving, you know, in his, so that was one, um, I think being in ministry, probably another maybe challenge would be the financial one where we had no fixed source of income for quite a while. And so the breath prayer, my God will supply all your need. Just that, my God. I mean, we'd have circumstances where it was just down to the last. (laughs) And, um, And God would come through, you know. And, uh, yeah, when Darlene and Bill joined us when we started Crescendo Ministries, I love John the Baptist because he's kind of my hero. And he was, he must increase, I must decrease. I mean, just even that. If someone slights you, huh, I want Jesus more than I need to be affirmed. You know, he must increase, I must decrease. So, like with the finances tight we I called Darlene once because people had wanted to come over for lunch and mm-hmm. we had nothing much in the house <laughs> I saw called her dar do you do you have what do you have so she said well, I got some fruit and I says well I got some eggs so we made quiche and fruit and these people came over but things like that where you just saw my God will supply all your need that's awesome do you have a word by chance for any listeners who you know, they want to bring breath prayer into their life and maybe they already have, but they're in the hurdle right now and they're trying to say, Jesus, you are here with me, but they just don't feel it. Or Mm -hmm. even my God will provide every Mm -hmm. need, but it doesn't seem like it. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you deal in those moments? How do you say the breath prayer and say the truth Mm -hmm. even when by the world's standards you're not seeing that you're, evidence. You're maybe not feeling it. Yeah. You're saying, yeah. I think it's almost just starts very simply, help me, Jesus. Mm. You know, show yourself to me. Or even by faith, I worship you, Lord. Mm. I mean, it's amazing how much power there is when we, even when we don't feel it, I love you, Jesus. Or, I trust you. You don't feel it yet, but you're not going on feelings. I think that's the trouble with our culture many times. We're waiting to feel something before we affirm truth. You affirm the truth and the feelings will come or they may not. But eventually it shapes your your mind and your heart. Yeah. Can and, you uh, extend that into even uh, the worship world and in in leading songs i mean we sing mm-hmm. lyrics that we don't always yeah I know. feel as strongly in the moment sometimes like my heart uh, will sing no other name but jesus yeah well i've probably messed that up before yeah. you know there's mm-hmm. been situations where that's not been true how does that how does that resonate with you um in terms of of even your worship life i i i love that that thought i mean because we probably are standing singing a little bit hypocritical from time to time, like we're singing deeper than we actually. Maybe yeah, we are. almost sing it yeah. to become truth sometimes yeah. right. in our lives. 
But yeah. maybe that's not bad. If it's actually anchored in absolute truth, like we sang this Sunday, I am the way, the truth, yeah. you know, you're affirming that. And I, that's why I love the, that story in Second Chronicles 20 where they started singing before they entered into the battle. Yeah. And there's something that is one when you, by faith, just sing into the <laughs> darkness, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, don't we all do that? You start and it primes the pump, and before you know it, you've got t- tears in your eyes. And, and I mean, I'm always moved when I look out of the audience and I know that person is going through something and they are offering their praise. Well, um, it's pretty, pretty deep. So I think just start simply and affirm it. And make it real, Lord. Make it real in my life. Yeah. And even inviting prayer into those moments right. of worship, like you're saying, make it real, Lord. And having, yeah. you know, the thought enough, even within worship, to say, ooh, I'm singing this, but I, am I living it? And I really know. meeting God right there in that moment of truth, too, and saying, ooh, I want when I sing this for it to be true. That's and so right. I'm ready to take those next steps forward. That's a good point. Like if we say, I surrender all, well, I know I haven't mm-hmm. surrendered everything, but it's an affirmation, almost like make me willing, Lord, to have yeah. this sung as truth. Or even a moment right. of conviction. Yeah. In life too. yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. Absolutely. Spencer, do you have a breath prayer? <laughs> um, you know, I think I've had a few going through i can resonate pretty closely with a lot of the um just struggles and hurdles that you've you've even brought up in in terms of you know we've been through moments of financial instability and uh, the lord is my shepherd i shall not want which i think is a popular breath prayer but Mm -hmm. that has been mine because i have a wanting problem hey it's popular for a reason Mm -hmm. yeah and so i'm a big fan of that yeah Um, and in some ways that's still Mm mm-hmm I'm still in a season where that is my breath prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It covers a lot of t- ground, yeah. doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think one of our, also another challenge is, you know, nobody who has kids doesn't go through challenges with your kids, you know? Yeah. And we've had one, you think, okay, we're going to do this thing right, you know? And, and challenges happen, you know, your kids may not follow exactly. And, oh my, I think the breath prayer there is... You take her hand, Lord, Mm. you know, because you can't transform their hearts. You have to release them. So I have the verse um, in Zechariah 2, 5, be a wall of fire around about them, Lord, just and the glory in the midst. It says, you know, and the more we just almost offer those prayers we want when we want to take control or fix them, they're yours, Lord. Yeah. They're yours, Lord. I think a really cool thread between all of your breath prayers is, I think you've quoted a piece of scripture for almost every single one Mm. you've said. And I think that is so rich and so important to make sure that that thing that you're saying over and over Mm -hmm. and over again, that's coming to your mind over and over and over again, 
just like you said too, mm-hmm. Spencer, with yours is that it's rooted in scriptural truth. Mm-hmm. You know, that when you're saying it, you know, it's true because that's it's right. in God's word. Um, and that's just kind of a reminder to me personally of the importance of scripture memorization and even just yes. opening the Bible in general is mm. how am I going to pray a prayer that I know I can pray as truth mm-hmm. and that's going to give me strength if I'm not really seeking mm-hmm. God's truth my to fr- begin with. My friend Augie, she has this 10 finger, 10 finger prayer that she's taught her sons when they have are going out for something they don't feel qualified for. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, who doesn't feel inadequate at times? And just breathing that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just breathing that in and breathing it out, you know? So there's another scripture to hold on to, you know, his provision, his strength, his peace. Yeah. Awesome. Well, looking ahead to the future, as you think about what's on the horizon for you personally and your ministry, or even what's on the horizon as a hope for our church. Is there a breath prayer that you're like this, this is what I want people to remember, or, or this is what I want people to say of me or, or what I want my legacy to be. Uh, As you look towards the future, what is it? Is there, is there just Mm -hmm. one thing that you're like, this is what I think we need? Another man in our church had six words that he said, by your grace, for your glory. What we are is by his grace. And what you want it all to be is for his glory. And I think, you know, as you lose your um, titles, whatever that is, and you go into retirement, my call is still the same. To have him increase, Jesus Christ, that he would increase. So that hasn't changed. And that I would just get smaller if he gets bigger. That's why I love John the Baptist. He says, I'm just a voice. I'm a voice, but you are the song, Lord. And so I did, I write a song. I wrote a song that I kind of almost, I think this represents where I am right now. To be uh, just a voice, but he's the, the song. I'm a candle, but he's the flame. I'm a temple. We're all con- temples, but it's what's in that temple. He's the treasure we're carrying. Or I'm a branch, but he's the vine producing. I am a voice. You are the song. The song of the ages calling us home. I am a candle, but you are the flame shining in darkness, lighting the way. I am a witness, but you are the story. up in me, beautiful 
a heart that's free to dance with you all day long. A song that will always be you. The song I sing. I am a branch. You are the vine flowing through me, holy wine. I am a temple, but you are the gold, the treasure I carry, the beauty I hold, forever grateful. Another phrase I have actually right here on my <laughs> on my little necklace. There's the girls at Mops. I'm a mentor mom for Mops. They gave me this, and it says, in the dance, because that's my phrase right now. I'm in the dance. Our daughter will call if I have a busy day. Are you in the dance, Mom? Yes. And I go to the morning, in my morning time with, I like to go outside on the deck and quote Psalm 143, verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I put my hope in you. Then it says this, show me the way I should go, for I entrust my life to you. So every day, you know, what's on the agenda, Lord, today? A someone to call or invite over or like recently, Sonia and Brian gave me a new keyboard, so... I thought, okay, how can I be a good steward of this? So I'm, I'm leading uh, hymns of worship over at the nursing home, the Meadows, and with with the residents there. Just okay, let's. What is it today you want, Lord? Um, and opportunities that He's giving us. The joy still to be on the worship team here, or help at a couple churches downtown, or. Um, so it's like okay, He must increase. I must decrease so that Jesus Christ is glorified, you know. So Sonia and I write music together, and now our grandchildren were, have three generations singing together. And, that is um, so cute. Yeah. Anytime you show me a video. <laughs> yeah. Goals. So that's fun because you're influencing a, a legacy. That's why that's not just, oh, yeah, when we've got the kids. No. I try to see that as very um, pertinent and valuable in who I am in front of them because that's going to trickle down. How One thing I remember um, John Ortberg asked Dallas Willard, okay, what spiritual nugget do you have for him? And he said, uh, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. 
He says, mm-hmm. okay, got that. Or what else? He says, no, that's it. Ruthless. And so I try to practice that, like mm-hmm. with the kids. Um, when they say we're going, I say, take your time. So instead of hurry up, I say, take your time. <laughs> Just little things like that, that you want to flesh out the peace of Christ in your mundane. You know, by his grace, for his glory. Yes. And not in a hurry. Not in a hurry. I mean, that's <laughs> a good word for uh-huh. the future. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us. I don't know about you, Spencer and Donna, you're welcome to chime in, but just through this conversation, it feels like a few things are jumping out to me just as an encouragement to anyone listening. Mm -hmm. I would say first go to scripture and Mm -hmm. find a breath prayer. Yeah. Be quiet with Jesus. Be in solitude with him and let him speak into your heart. It's amazing how life-changing that is. Yes. Let Jesus speak into your heart and and it Mm -hmm. flows well into the second thing that is really sticking out to me and that I've benefited from through this relationship with you is let others speak into you Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, through this conversation, you quoted our friend Val and you quoted multiple other friends Mm -hmm. from within the church body. And there's so many wonderful opportunities to learn from other people who are just further on the walk. Uh, And so if you are someone within the church who has the ability to mentor, I'm asking you, please, Mm -hmm. please mentor. And if you're a young person in the church or not even someone that you would say like, oh, I'm a young 20 something Mm -hmm. or below, but anyone, if you don't have a mentoring relationship in your life, seek it because uh, these kinds of conversations are things that treasure and Spencer Mm -hmm. I know you do too well yeah and I even want to step into that aspect just a little more I feel like Donna the whole my the entire time I've known you you've been in the role of a mentor not just to me but to a lot of people and um, I know the same for Meg and uh, I just I feel like you've you've just been walking in that um, the entire time I've known you and so when do you feel like you stepped into that role as a person? Cause I feel like it's a gift that you have or a gift that you've developed anyways. But when, when do you feel like you stepped into that role of, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a mentor to everyone around mm. me. Or is that just something that you've had? No, I don't think I've ever aspired to that. Mm-hmm. I just think, um, cause that some people think, Oh, I don't want to be a mentor. Can you have coffee and care about somebody? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. is yeah. So what does mentoring you know, mean to you? So I guess right. is a great, I think, cause question. I think we can raise that up to a kind of an on a table. I, I'm don't put myself as an, as a expert. No, it's just, I think there's a listening shortage mm-hmm. and to really just hear from somebody and let them speak. It's not like they're, okay, sit here while I mentor you. Yeah. It's like, let me hear from your heart. What, and that will trigger a conversation. My mother used to say, your greatest influence is your unconscious influence. When you're not trying to be spiritual, it's just what's spilling out of you that might shape mm-hmm. someone. You know what I mean? That's so good. And yeah, so that's a great clarification. I think it is. It's just caring enough to get to know somebody and how their Jesus will inspire you. And it's not just a one-way street. It's two-way. 
And that's why anytime I get to bump against up against you two, it's just a joy. Or in the green room when we share together. I know that's such a good point. I don't think either of us ever came to you and were like, can you like teach me how to do Mm. life? And you (laughs) thankfully, although you you seem to just exude it. (laughs) Although you would have merit to do so, you've never pulled me aside and been like, You obviously need help. You're perfect, Meg. Come on. No, and just, I, I mean, like we, so we're coming off of, uh, we were both at the GLS conference yes. and they talk about leadership and, um, you know, it's all focused on how you can influence others. And I just feel like you influence others without pushing on people. Yeah. And it's something I respect so much about oh, you. Absolutely. Oh. It's there again. It's, it's the Christ through you that is the only, you know, the only goal that we have to give. And so just, I think, ramp it down. He'll help us, I think, whenever we say, Lord, give me eyes to see. Give me a heart to love, you know, and just Mm. do it. Absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been truly a treat. And uh, we do pray that anyone listening and for those of us in this room, that we would go one step closer today Mm -hmm. to God and to each other through Christ. Yes, amen. Thank you so much, guys.